Testing. Testing.
All right, Jim, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Right. Yes, I do. Sounds good. I'm going to meet you back. All right, now. Marlo, are you there? Good evening. I'm here. All right. Not trying to get any guests on tonight. Show them how to do the pod beam. Nice and smooth. All right, now. We'll meet you. We'll be ready to go in a few.
10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good evening. Welcome to another evening of Cliff Burton Friends, featuring the absolute very best in women's athletics and all the HB sports. We're starting to start off this again tonight. We have to. The moment of silence. Dallas, Texas. Brownsville, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, and then not even a shooting, but a chokehold here in New York. Let's take a few seconds of silence. All righty. We'll start with you tonight. Dr. Kemp, world issues. Let's talk about Texas. Your thoughts. Oh, here we go again. Um, it's just it's just sad that you know we are just in this in this state of where we are, you know, as a country, um, where that this is occurring every day, or it feels like every day, you know. Um at least every week and you know it's, it's just like what do you do what do you say how how can you control this or how can it be controlled um it's just it's really sad and um you know you just don't want to get to the point where you, you just you see it one day okay you know and then move on to you know like another story that something has got to be done i, I just don't know what um but i, I you know i don't know because like you just, you mentioned, you had a list of those, but even, you know, before that, you know, before that, two weeks prior to that, they had the teenagers again in Texas, the 16 year old at the party that might've been in Alabama, but, you know, then two weeks before that, it was, you know, something else. So it, it seems like it's just been something every week and it, it's just really, really sad and, and disappointing. And just, you know, I just pray for all those people you know, who you get up one morning, think that you're going to go about your day, you know, and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, this happens to you and your family. Jim, I want to ask, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Kemp. Jim, I want to ask you about a different story. Uh, the chokehold on the young man uh, in New York City on the subway who just, uh, does entertaining people, imitates mm -hmm. Michael Jackson. He's also, they say, has some mental diagnosis. But what do you think about that case, Jim? Chokehold to death, New York. I got it now. He, I, from what I understand, too, he could have been homeless, and the person who was off duty police officer just got tired of it and just, you know, this is a sick world. 
That's all I can say. Because there's no reason for that young man to be hurt or even die. Except and, and for the, the fact that... Go ahead. Well, well then they say that the, uh, the person who chokehold him 15 minutes, who was former military, knew what he was doing. They say that that, that young man, that man went to the precinct and he was let go. He might have been charged or hadn't been charged as of yesterday. I understand the DA in New York, they're working on it. But I mean, what are your thoughts, Jim? Again, you know, someone comes into the police precinct. It's almost it's eerily similar to uh, the event in Minnesota in 2020. You know, chokehold for 15 minutes, neck, knee on the neck for, for 10 minutes. It's just eerily similar. Why? Why? I mean, if you use a chokehold to disable somebody, after two or three minutes, it's done. But when you do it like this, I think you've got some intent. And you know, he's military, so he knows what he's doing. I think that when they get through with that, he's going to get at least second degree murder as a charge. Well, we're going to follow these stories. We don't want to stay stuck here. and uh, But we are going to continue to follow them. So sad we have to start a show off. We want to keep up with the real world as well as the um, the sports world. Now, I'm going to move on with our women, our woman of the month. We started with the last week, and Diane Durham, born June 17, 1968, died at age 51 or 52 in February 4, 2021. She, early in her career, began gymnastics at the young age of nine years old. She was included in Ebony Junior Magazine, an article titled, Look Out for These Shining Stars. On her first gymnastics team, the Hoosierettes, her coaches, Wanda Tomasi and Richard Delgallo described Durham as Olympic material. At age 11, she attempted to retire from gymnastics in a letter to her parents. However, she remained in the sport and became the youngest member of the Carolis team at age 14. And as we know, she would go on to win the first African-American woman to go on and win a national championship. She was never able to participate in the Olympics because I believe the year we boycotted would have been the year that she went. But uh, we've had a little time as an audience to look her up. Marlo, your thoughts, Diane Durham. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Thank you for bringing her to the forefront because I mean I didn't even know much about her. Um, you know, especially being from where I'm from, she kind of was right and grew up right next door. Um, so it's 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 awesome that she kind of you know paved the way again. You know, for some of the greats that we have, uh, and was trained by some of the greats that we know of. I mean, especially if you grew up. Um, you know, in the era that we grew up, you knew about the Nadia Comaneci and, the, you know, Mary Lou Retton and the, who their coaches were. So, you know, she had to have some talent to definitely be trained by them. Yeah. 
and she beat Mary Lou, uh, Mary Lou Ritten in some competitions head to head. People don't know that, but she beat her. Uh huh. Jim, your thoughts? Jim, Jim, you're not coming at all. I'm gonna come back to you. You're not coming at all now. Okay, I'm gonna mute you. Okay, let's move on to Miss Aaliyah Boston. Now, this month is Academic Progress Report Month. This is the month that all students, or many students, are graduating. Years ago, there was a sports article out about athletes that said, March madness leads to May sadness. How many athletes that we see in March madness or in the fall in football, but when the real month counts, May, we don't see on that stage. Well, in the women's sports, there's one we did. She's had an interesting weekend. This past weekend, Aaliyah Boston received one more final applause. She walked across the stage. And you have to mute yourself, Jim. Mute yourself. She walked across the stage at the Colonial Athletic Life Arena. She received a college degree. And she also headed right back on Monday on Sunday to play in a preseason game for the Indiana Fever. So she <clears throat> graduated on time. And uh, this past year, she was the college defensive player of the year, 2022-2023 season. But in the 2021-2022 season, Aaliyah Boston was college player of the year. Also, she is a national champion. Marlo, give us your thoughts on Aaliyah Boston. Way to go, Aaliyah Boston. Dr. Burr, I think that deserves some hand claps. Uh, but we are definitely proud of her because she Let's give is... it to her. Let's give it to her. <laughs> Let's give it to her. We'll give her some cheers, too. Oh, yeah. And all of our graduates, athletes and, and non-athletes, who walked across that stage. This is your night tonight on Cliff Burt and Friends. Go ahead, Marlo. Talk some more about Aaliyah Boston. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, just think, you know, you, you come off the um, the season, you're drafted into the WNBA, probably something that she's always wanted. Um, and then you come back to, you know, walk across the stage, graduate, and then, you know, on cloud nine, I'm sure, because her hard work have definitely paid off. You know, and then she goes back to kind of get ready to, to do her job. So, I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm, I can't wait to see how she performs, um, you know, in this next phase of her life. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, we're going to have the report on some of our college teams, men, football, and basketball in the men's segment with Jim. But we want to move on and congratulate some more. Florida A&M University. This past spring, they celebrated graduating 47 of their student athletes. That's right, you heard it. 47 of their student athletes. Go Rattlers, we love it. 
we can't call all their names, but we're going to give give each of them uh, a little from the baseball team. Even Batch, a Bachelor of Science, Business Administration, I handshake the Bachelor of Science into disciplinary studies. On the men's basketball team, Rochelle Drakeford, Bachelor of Science, Architectural Studies, Tiffany Glimp, okay, Bachelor of Science. Nope, let me back up. This is a cheerleading team. Tiffany Glimp, Bachelor of Science, Biology, Pre-Medicine. So go ahead on, Tiffany. We'll see you in the hospitals later on. From the golf team. Troy Stribling, Bachelor of Science, Interdisciplinary Studies, and Patrick Jean-Pierre, Bachelor of Science in Information Technology. So again, go ahead on. And there's some more. Let's give it up for the Rattlers. Jim, you're from the state of Florida. You're down there. What do you think about FAMU, the Mighty Rattlers, and their graduating seventh place for athletes? Marlo? Yeah, I think it's wonderful, you know, that, I mean, to have that many come out at, you know, one time, um, that that's just, that's, that's awesome. You know, like in, in so many different areas, you know, not just the usual, you know, um, basketball, football, you know, golf, cheerleading, you know, something that, you know, of course, they are definitely athletes, but a lot of people just tend to forget that, you know, as well. So, I mean, hey, the Rattlers, go ahead, Rattlers. Um, go ahead, Rattlers. Yeah, and there's so many yes and there's so many more like them now we have a story Bethel College I think it's down in Tennessee Miss Janice Hall an 81 year old female mother and grandmother after four and a half to five decades she had to stop because of car accident years ago finished her bachelor's degree this past weekend at 81 years young. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Class of 2023. And hold on. <laughs> she says she's She wants to go on and get her master's degree in divinity because she said that's what the Lord always called her to do. Now, she worked for years as a social worker and loves helping people. And so she's really old. So this, this fall, Miss Janice Hall, 81 years young, will be starting her master's degree in divinity at Bethel University. Dr. Kim, give us a comment. And and and, and if you want to put something to chat, Please do, please do. Jim wrote in there, great job, family. Any comments, Martha? What's she, I mean, Martha, what's your thoughts? Yeah, she even true, Miss Hall. True, my hat goes off to you, Miss Hall, because it's in uh, Indiana. Because she even has a key to the city of South Bend, Indiana. So, yeah. I mean, what can you say? That's determination, perseverance. You know, hard work. Uh, you know, just sticking to it and she just did not let anything or anyone get into her way go ahead miss hall we are proud yes, yes, of you yes. yes we are again this evening tonight we're recognizing all the graduates academic progress support from our athletes and students and uh so again now we have one more young lady 
this past weekend, she graduated from Cumberland University in a, with a master's degree in public service management, that's 11 in Tennessee, and a 3.89 average. Single up, Ms. Stephanie Butts, and she put herself through while working. Her goal is to become a commissioner. She works in government back in Tennessee, and I'm so proud of her, as we all are, of our relatives. She's my niece, Ms. Stephanie Butts. Go ahead on, Stephanie. Way to go. Way to go. Now, we do have a story that's um, not as happy, but I do want to talk about it. A player, his name is Butts, who plays for North Carolina Central Eagles, 22 years old, and he passed this weekend. We don't know, or they don't know the cause. Uh, this gentleman was a senior, and he was scheduled to graduate in the behavioral sciences this summer. And we just want to let the North Carolina Central family, basketball team, and his family know that, uh, Mr. Butts, we have you in our prayers. Uh, and you're so proud. We're so proud of you for pursuing your academic as well as playing basketball at North Carolina Central. And so, uh, Jim, I don't know if you heard about the story, but I want your comments on this story. Uh, of the young man who passed at North Carolina Central. Was it was it a, a just an accidental passing? Or did, did sports have something they, to do they, with they it? They didn't say yet. They just said North Carolina Central basketball player Devin Butts died, and they haven't given the uh, the cause yet. Okay, they just said he was scheduled to graduate. Uh, with a bachelor's degree in behavioral social science this summer. The cause of death has not been this well. 22 years young. 22 years young. That's just so sad. He's about to graduate. Yeah. What, prayers go out to his family. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we will uh, we'll continue to keep him in mind. Okay? So, we're going to take a break. We'll meet everybody. We'll take a break. And we're going to go to a commercial break. And then we'll be back with the second part of our women's segment. Okay?
Okay. Welcome back to Cliff Burton Friends. Another great evening talking, uh, covering with our spring sports, softball. Many of our teams are heading down the stretch to their championships in softball. And we want to just keep everybody up to date tonight. Here we go. The SWAC standing softball, Eastern Division. And this is your conference record, Alabama State on top, 17-7, but in the East. Bethune-Cookman, 15-9, Alabama A&M, 13-11, Jackson State, 13-11, Florida A&M, 13-11, Mississippi Valley State, 1-23, Western Division, Fairview A&M, 22-2, Rambling State, 15-9, Texas Southern, 12-12, Alcorn State, 11-13, Southern, 8-16, Arkansas Prime Bluff, 4-20. So now, we will be <clears throat> very shortly getting into these uh, conference championships. The MEAC, softball, conference record, number one, Morgan State, 14-4. Norfolk State, 14-6. North Carolina Central, 12-7. Howard, 10-9. Compton State, 9-11. Maryland Eastern Shore, 8-10. South Carolina State, 6-11. And Delaware State is pulling up the rear in the MEAC conference. So we will see where that goes from there. Now, going to the CIAA, Northern Division, <coughs> excuse me, Bowie State, 14-2, Elizabeth City State, 10-6, Virginia State, 10-6, Shaw, 6-10, Virginia Union, 6-10, Lincoln, PA, 5-11. In the Southern Division, Claflin on top, 14-2, Winston-Salem State, 12-4, Fayetteville State, 10-6, Johnson C. Smith, 7-9, Livingston, 1-15, St. Augustine, 1 and 15. So that's the way they look so far in the CIAA. Now, in the SIAC softball, let's give it up. They already had the tournament. Edward Waters knocked off Tuskegee to claim its first conference championship crown. Let's give it up for Edward. Waters. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And they will be going on to the Division Two. Uh, we'll call it Spring Madness National Playoffs, and each of these other teams we mentioned, Willis too. I don't have an upstate update at this time for the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference. Now I'm gonna go one more, and then we're gonna ask everybody what they think because Division One. Softball championships last year was the most watched event of the spring. It had better ratings and higher ratings than men's college baseball. And this month, later this month, they're going to announce the field of 64 teams for the national softball championship. And it is a very, very highly watched event. Number one in the country at this time. They played 50 games over a record 49-1, Oklahoma. Number two, UCLA, 50-4. and four. Stanford, number three, 39-12. Number four, Florida State, 47-8. Number five, Oklahoma State, 41-13. Number six, LSU, 40-14. Seven, Duke, 43-9. Eight, Northwestern. 35 and 11, 9, Louisiana, 43 and 13, and 10. Out of the SEC, 
Tennessee, 41 and 8. So I'm going to come to Jim. If you unmute Jim, and then I'm coming to you, Marlo. Softball, what do you think about the tournament and the excitement coming up? Jim, coming to you first. Softball is the most, only now the most watched sport. It's the fast growing, fastest growing sport. And I went to a game this week, and I think that ball, softball, comes at you quicker than baseball because you got to remember the uh, bases are shorter and the pitching mound to home plate is shorter. So it's a very exciting game. Yeah. Marlo? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I know about softball, but not this fast <laughs> softball. Um, but I'm not surprised. Tell us some of your, tell us some of your history, Marlo, of softball. <laughs> Well, of course, my my dad, my uncles, they played they played they played sixteen inch softball uh, from even before I was born. So I grew up around softball, but not the fast pitch softball like these girls be be pitching. Um, but I'm not surprised that Oklahoma is up there because they seem like they're always up there. Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, they be bringing the pitch and, uh, it gets very exciting. I, I like watching them. I love watching them. So I can't wait to see the tournament. It's about to come up. All righty. Now we want to move on. We're going to come back with track and field and we're going to come back with some golf next week. If Jim may have some tonight. Interesting. When we go over our HBCU conferences, all of them don't have golf teams. So we have to break down the way that they compete. And so we're going to hold that off to next week. Also, two of our conferences track and field outdoor championship for this week. So we're going to hold off on that to next week. But I do want to get into this because the WNBA season is right around the corner. And Marlo, uh, I'm going to step out there first. Then we'll ask you. And then we'll ask Jim. In 1997, the WNBA was started. And since that time, I'm going to ask you to name your top five. <laughs> and I'll even let Renee Spencer, the Hall of Famer, who's listening tonight, if she wants, type it in the chat. Your top five WNBA players since its inception in 1997. I'll give you mine. Cheryl Swoops. <laughs> I'm starting with Cheryl Swoops. Mm -hmm. Lisa Leslie in the middle. Sue Bernard at point guard. Diane Taurasi. Yeah, Caitlin Clark's not in the league yet. Okay, Diane Taurasi. And I love this player, Swin Cash. That's my five. Marlo? Take a stab at it. Man. Um, <laughs> there's so many. Mm -mm -mm. Okay. I'm just going to throw some names out here. And uh, Lisa Leslie. All right. Maya Moore. Ooh, I missed that one. Okay. Um. I got to go back to Tennessee. Uh, Candace Parker. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, man. Tamika Ketching. 
All I right. got to, I got to put the three meats in there. Okay. So Tamika Patrick and Tamika Holstall. And Tamika Randall. You no, know, you I got get... a Tennessee fan all the way, but you only uh, get five. Come on. That's that's my five. I said the three. Maya Moore, Candace Parker, Tamika uh -huh. Ketchings. Tamika Randall and Tamika uh, Randall. I'm sorry. That's Tamika Randall and uh Shamika Hall Squad. All right, that's six, but we'll take it. Jim. Okay. Okay. See, I told you I couldn't narrow it down. I Jim. can't even narrow them down. Jim. It's so many. Jim. Yes. I All right, have give Candace Parker, Sue Bird, Candace Parker, Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, Tamika Catchings, and Lisa Leslie. All right. All right. We'll take that. So we all kind of thinking in the same 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 direction. Okay. We'll take so, that. All righty. So <clears throat> all right. So we'll come back to it. The WNBA season is right around the corner. And of course, hold on, hold on. Renee Spencer, she she chimed in. Come on now. All right, Renee Spencer put in the chat. Tina Thompson. Yeah, we may have missed that one. Lisa mm -hmm. Leslie, Cheryl Swoot, mm -hmm. Cynthia Cooper raised the roof, yeah. And Maya Moore. I think I think Renee. <laughs> I think well that's why she's a Hall of Famer. I think I think she get nailed it right on the eight. <laughs> but uh so many great ones yeah there's so many great ones uh one of the other things we had Sonika Randall on our show last week and one of my things was could those teams beat the LSUs and South Carolinas of the day of today I believe they could yes. that's my opinion the Tennessees yes. and Yukons <laughs> of yesterday and I'm not knocking South Carolina and I'm not knocking LSU, but Swing Cash can play with Adrian Reese, Jim, or Marlo, and then we'll go to some go to break. Can Tennessee and UConn yesterday beat the teams of the day? Yes, I'll answer that question. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they, they can hang I'm with like, them. I'm like Jim, de definitely not to slight any of the young ladies you know now that's playing um but yeah 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 hats on yeah yes yes yeah and, and then when you put the coach on the sideline a young gino Ariema or pat summit that's that's the tiebreaker and then there's no slight to kim monkey or don staley at all absolutely exactly. not at all not okay all. we're going to go to a commercial break and then come back jim and we'll be ready for the men. Now, if you are looking for a house, commercial building in the Atlanta area, PRE, P. Renee Estates, Pamela Renee, qualifying broker, broker, founder, CEO, 2870 Peachtree Road, Suite 992, Atlanta, Georgia, 30305. Pamela at prreneestates.com, 404-964-4200. Nine four. She does residential, commercial, land builder, developer, and investor services.
All right. Welcome back to Cliff Burton Friends. Featured the very best of women's athletics and HBCU sports. We want to say this word to all of our listeners who've been tuning in to us, how grateful we are on the show. We started in November, about 27th of 2022. And so that gives us about four months, four and a half months, something like that, into our show. We want to continue to increase our listenerships and share the word. We're on everybody. So far, thanks to you, we have 72 or 73 followers. But also, our show has over 385 downloads so far. So keep spreading the word. We love bringing it to you right here, Cliff Burke and Fred, featuring the very best in HBC sport, women's athletics. You can't beat it. Tim, we'll turn over you to Ms. Division. All righty. Jim. That died over the weekend. <coughs> I said I want to mention a Tory Bowie, a three-time Olympian, three-time Olympian medalist, female yes. athlete who died over the Yes, some suspicious circumstances, but I just want to mention that and prayers out to her family. Jim, I understand she was eight months pregnant. Is that true? Yes, yes, she was seven, eight months pregnant. Wow. Okay. Now, we have the uh. SIAC, Spring Hill with a three-peat repeater in baseball, beating Savannah State 11-2 to win the SIAC championship. And let's see, in golf and the SWAC, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff won its first championship. And Alabama State won the men's outdoor title. And the MEAC has their outdoor track this weekend, okay, or this week actually, starting tomorrow through Thursday at uh, Norfolk State. Now the SWAC has baseball still going on. Where Alabama State is the Eastern Division. Alabama State, twenty-one and three, Bethune. FAMU We're going to take another one minute break and then we're going to come back and we'll see if we could uh, we could bring Jim, Jim back in. Take a one minute break. Take one minute break because we're losing it, Jim. Okay, Jim, can you come on in? Yes, you hear me? Okay. Can you hear All me? All right, keep going. Now we can. Okay, Grambling State at 17 and 5, Texas Southern at 13 and 7, 
Prairie View A&M at 14 and 9. Southern at 12 and 9. Arkansas Pine Bluff at 9 and 15. I'm not sure what's going on with, with Jim's audio right now. We're going to mute you, Jim, and we're going to go on. There's another story, and we'll come back to you. There's another story out recently over in Spain. Coco Golf in doubles and her partner just won a tennis tournament. And at this tournament, the women were not allowed to speak to the press, even though they won it, just happened. It was over in Spain. The men played after the women, and the, they were allowed to speak like the champions speak, but the women were not allowed to talk at all, Coco Golf and her partner. And so Coco Golf sent it out on social media. So I'm going to come to Dr. Kemp. What do you think on that topic, Dr. Kemp? Yeah. Wow. Just happened. Just happened in a tennis tournament. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm, I think I'm just going to probably just maybe. Let me, let, let me, let me, let me give you, let me give you a little bit more. It was over in Madrid, Spain. Okay. okay. And four players, let me give it to you, who competed in the women's doubles finals at the Madrid Open on Sunday were prevented from speaking after the match, leaving both fans and players this Spanish tournament has attracted more controversy this week. They barred the winning duo, Victoria Azarenka and Beatrice Haddad Maya, and the runners-up, Coco Golf and Jessica Pagula, from giving a speech after receiving their trophies. However, the men, when they played, were allowed to give their speeches. Now, there it is, straight from the press. Now, Marlo, what do you think? In Spain, in Spain, in Spain. Right? yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to say, you know, maybe because they were, they, they may not be, you know, as affluent in, in, um, with their Spanish, and mm -mm. so mm -mm. they didn't have any interpreters available, and they no. could not understand. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, that's not okay. it. Okay. They did not allow them. To speak. What do you think? And anybody can put it in the chat box. What do you think? Who made this rule? And uh, <clears throat> the tournament. Did they know this rule before going into playing at the tournament? I, well, uh, I probably know. not. Or they wouldn't have went. Yeah. Because they exactly. seem just as shocked as everybody else. That's what I'm thinking. It's just in, in what day and age? This is 2023, right? Okay, and you do maybe not, not in Spain. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and you do not allow the players who have won the tournament to to speak and um and, and say um thank you for coming to support us. We appreciate all the fan, all the love. Um, 
I, I, I don't understand that, but of course you are allowing the men. Is it? Well, I don't get... know. It's just the tournament rules, but they didn't let either of the ladies on either side of the net of their championship match um, speak at all after it was over. They just went, held their trophies, took the pictures, and that was it. So we'll yeah. talk some more about this. It's coming up. I mean, the article's out today. We'll talk some more about it, and we'll make sure we keep this on the forefront. Um, I know we're having some trouble getting Jim through, but we're going to move on with this and discuss this. Let's talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs, the NBA playoffs, uh, and where we've gone with it. I know Jim was going to talk about it. Let's talk about the Knicks and Miami Heat. Most teams are 2-1, but... What do you think, Marla? Have you been watching the Knicks and the Miami Heat? Um, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching. I've been watching. Um, for some reason, it just always seems like the New York teams, you know, they, they, <laughs> they start off strong and they, you know, get to that past that first round and just it just seems like they just get tired, <laughs> tired in the second round. Um. But my Miami's been have really been playing, and um, uh, like you said, Butler, yeah, he he he's determined. He, but yeah, he's like I, I'm I'm determined to to get to the finals of no no play sales. Yeah. Well, now I'm, I'm a, Jim, come on. Miami is a team of uh, Messiah, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. With Tyler Hero Herder, a team of a lot of unknowns, but they play well together. A lot of their players are undrafted, come to the G League, and they gel real well as a team. So the Knicks are in trouble. I'm hoping they can pull it out tonight. You know, but it's not looking good. All right. What's that? Are, Jim, what do you, they, what do you think about the Lakers? The Lakers and Golden State series. Well, Cliff, you know, it comes down to this. Is it odd game Anthony Davis, who's averaging 30 points and 14 rebounds, or even game Anthony Davis, who's averaging 14 points and seven rebounds? So that's a wide uh, swing on even and odd games. If he comes to play tonight, they'll win. I look, the uh, Warriors are starting Gary Payton tonight. So a smaller lineup. So we'll see what happens. All right. But I think the. All right, Marlo, what do you think about this series with uh, Golden State, Los Angeles? Yeah, I, I, that's a good series. Uh, I don't know who's gonna win this one. I, you know, this is kind of it's back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, like Jim said, you know, it's it's funny how it seems like Anthony Davis he doesn't do too much, you know, in the regular season, but sometimes it seems like when it's time for playoffs, he just kind of steps up. So, but like you said, just depend on which Anthony Davis comes to play, and LeBron is gonna always be on because he always trying to win as well as Golden State. So that's what makes uh, their their uh, their rival, you know, so good. So I actually enjoy watching, you know, them play. I mean, I like both teams, so, um, but, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. All righty. They, they that's make fair. it exciting to watch. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Now, the other series that's going on is Denver and Phoenix. And Jim says that I remember saying Phoenix can be a dark horse this year. So, Jim, come on back in if you can come in. I know you're in transit, so you're going in and out a little bit, but come on in, Jim. Well, you know, in this series, it's interesting. The owner of the Phoenix Suns grabbed the ball from mm -hmm. Nikola Jokic trying to slow up the game. And Jokic got a $25,000 fine. And as far as we know, the owner got nothing. Wow. Because the owner did that because his player was down and Jokic was trying to get the ball and, you know, push it up. But, you know, had that been any other fan, his friend got kicked out. But I think this they actually look like they better with Chris Paul not playing. Okay. Yeah. They, I was going to say going that. Going out for a second. Better. I'll type it. That's okay. All right. Now, the other player from Phoenix, um, Marlo, Devin Books, Booker or Books. I can't remember his last name, but I know he's a bad boy. He is lighting up Denver. In fact, this whole playoffs, I'm, I'm glad that uh, – Durant's out there, and there's everybody's Devin Booker's his name. Finally, getting the chance to see him play in in playoff time because he is absolutely, I think, so far the best player in the playoffs, and that includes the performances by Steph. Was Booker's balling out? Jim says he believes they look better without Chris Paul at the point, uh, who's out with the injury. I believe it's a groin injury. And um, and Booker's doing most of the ball handling and scoring. So, you know, Chris Paul doesn't have too many more chances at this. He's getting up there. So we'll see what happens there. What's the other series? we got four of them going. What's the other series? I can't remember it. But nevertheless, Golden State, Phoenix, that series, um, Miami, and New York. Who else is in the East? Uh, Boston, Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. What's your thoughts, Jim? Uh, if Boston would ever play a complete game, I think this series would have been over. Mm -hmm. But they lost last night. They took a shot, went in after the buzzer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, James Harden is another uh, – he's 40 in two games and 11 and 12 in the other two. So it's a screwy series, but I think Boston in seven. Boston in seven. I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. We're going to take one minute break and then we're going to come back. And Jim, we're going to talk about the real game, the real report card, the academic progress, the annual academic progress reports in men's football and basketball. It comes out every year to see how our schools are really doing. We'll be back in one minute. All righty.
righty. Welcome back. Cliff Burton, friends. Now, we talked about one player drafted in the NFL from an HBCU. 14 to 15 others may walk on, get free agency, or play in other leagues. So clearly, education still has to be at the forefront, be you from an HBCU or be you or if you're playing for a PWI. Once, about 20 years ago, Jesse Jackson said, March Madness leads to May Sandins. When we really look at the statistics of what's happening to the young athlete, particular young male, more particular than that, the young African-American male in athletics. So let's look at our annual academic progress report because here's it out. Here it's out. So good news, some not so good news. Now, the scoring goes like this. Teams must earn a four-year average academic progress report of 930 to compete in championships. This is from the NCAA. And the national average score Average is 960. So let's take a look at Hampton University. For my HBCUs, this is the highest scoring academic progress report amongst HBCU football programs. They're coming in at 966. They are only six points above the national average, and they're the best HBCU. Jim, I'm going to come to you first with your opinion, then Marlo. Hampton. Marlo. Hampton, um, I don't know. Is that good or bad? Well, they're, they're above average, but just barely. Barely above the national average at 966, but they're the top HBCU. So... That's really not that great. Let's look at a few more. Among Big South football programs, Howard University led the MEAC. They're at 964, just four above the national average from all football programs in America. Let's go a step further. Grambling State, the leaders of the SWAC, they come in at 961. So they only scored one point above the average, okay? Now, remember, you could compete for championships at 930, but we're talking about the average scores in the country. And Grambling is leading the SWAT, but they only average one point academically above the national average scores, okay? And then let's look at their rival, Southern University, okay? And Jackson State. They each scored 950, 10 points below the National Academic Progress Reports. Dr. Kemp, tell me what you think. Yeah, but um, and this is their academic performance. Yes. The average academic performance for, for the, 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 the college, for their, their schools, the athletes at their school. At their football teams. The, for the football team. Mm. Do they realize the importance of this this benchmark? I guess they figure if they if they at least meet the nine thirty if they're over the nine thirty benchmark, then they're still good. But you only what in some instances, if it's the average is nine sixty, you only one or two points over. 
um, anything can happen. You fall below that, and um, will they be able to compete? They won't well, be able to compete, will they? Well, not even just compete, but they may be eligible to compete. But what's your graduation ratio? See, that that's calculated in those scores. So mm-hmm. that's telling us that you're not graduating at the national average rate. Okay? Now, I want to look at some more. And remember, this Jackson State team only scored a 950. That's the team that Dion left. Okay? That's why I say the real game. I like to look at this. And, Jim, we've done it before every May. All right? Now, let's talk about three other teams in the SWAT conference. They came in under the mandated score of 930. All right. Here they go. Bethune-Cookman. They came in at 907. Wow. Isn't this the one that was going to bring the, 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 co- the, the coach who was the former NFL great? You think he could have turned around academically? Ed Reed. Ed Reed. But you know, Cliff, is there yeah. some extenuating circumstances there? Because I believe did COVID have a deal with that? A lot of students... You know, when a cold hits regular America, African-Americans can get a fever and pneumonia. So I'm wondering, are there a lot of students that dropped out and then count against that because of COVID? Well, Jim, this this COVID, uh, I'm not going to compare it against PWI, but COVID also hit Hampton. COVID also hit uh, Howard. So just comparing HBCU to HBCU, some people clearly didn't handle COVID as well. And what we'll, we'll do is go back. When some students have to leave and don't come back, that counts against them, right? That's what I'm thinking. I don't, I don't think so. I don't so. want to make excuses, but. No, I don't think so. I'll look it up, but I don't think so. Now, Mississippi Valley State, they straddled the line at 9.30. So they barely made the low benchmark. Okay? Um, and then the remaining schools, UA, University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, South Carolina State, Prairie View, Morgan State, Alabama M, they all finished with averages that were within two points of that mark of 9.30. Now, Let's move on over to North Carolina Central, CIAA. Let's give it up for the Eagles, okay? And this is the basketball team, the same team that just lost that young man, Mr. Butts. North Carolina Central Eagles had the most outstanding men's basketball APR performance. And remember, (coughs) this is a four-year score leading into the year. They had a 9 85. All right, now. Somebody is getting it done. Same COVID. Same COVID. Let's keep looking. Fam, you, to my basketball now, led the way in the SWAC with a 974, the basketball team at Fam, you, and Hampton's basketball team was a 963. Now, in the MEAC, 
These are the teams in the basketball teams that didn't cut it. They fell below 930. Maryland, Eastern Shore, 923. Delaware State, 913. And Coppin State, Marlon, I'm scared to read this because you are academian. 879. Talk to me, Dr. Kemp. Uh-oh. 879. And uh, yeah. how many players did they have on that team? <coughs> That's basketball. It's only 12. <laughs> maybe they maybe their roster was kind of short this this season. Maybe that they, they didn't have all 12. That's okay. That's all right. They were I'm like Jim, they were going through some things. Mm. Yeah. They're trying to adjust, you know, make those adjustments. We 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 gonna keep praying for them. All right. So even if they had a great season, they would have been ineligible to compete for a spark <laughs> in the March Madness. Okay. Well, and now Marlo, you're from the Windy City. In the country, there's only one basketball school varsity in the country that scored lower than Coppin State and HBCU. And that was Chicago State. But they didn't give this score. It was so low. So, you know, hey, That's all right. <laughs> we got to do know, better. You, you, yes, we do. We have to definitely do better. And uh, that's because, you know, we have a lot of things going on in Chicago. So we, um, but that's okay. We're going to turn it around. We're going to turn it around. We stand all positive. Right. Jim, got two more schools for you. Coming back to the SWAC, basketball-wise, Alabama State, the Hornets, by the way, they won the track and field indoor championship, didn't they? Both men and women. But these are the men's scores. Basketball, Alabama State, 9-23. And Mississippi Valley State, 9-11. Both under the NCAA academic progress rate mandatory score. All right. I think that's enough of the scores tonight, the discussion. Yeah. And I feel very strongly about this. Yeah, maybe they, yeah, we have to. Let, me, let me state this. If we can't win this war at our own campuses where we care about our students, what about is going on? We cannot blame PWI if they're not graduating our African American men that go there. We can, can we can blame them, but we don't have as much control. What can we do to bring these rates up with your African-American young men? Most not going to the NBA, most not going to the NFL. What can we do? Jim? I, I know we already tie coaches' bonuses and even coaches get fired when they don't meet these benchmarks. Agreed we have to do something. But I do want to find out exactly how they did that and make sure there wasn't anything that, you know, in terms of COVID that people leaving are counted against you. Okay. And I'll go back and look at the history on our schools, some of these same schools pre-COVID. So I'll do that. I'll do that much research. Now, one of the things I think, and we only have a few minutes left, that we have to start doing as coaches, as parents, Coach Renee Spencer, who coaches young people today, is I believe with our young men, 
Africa, we're losing the war way before they get to a college campus. I believe that a lot of our athletes are promoted, but promoted in subjects that are good enough to barely get you in college, not to excel. I believe this war is lost in the sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And you'll see a vast difference in the average of our female athletes at HBCUs compared to HBCUs and at PWIs. But if you look at the scores coming in, there's a difference. So this war is lost way back in high school and junior high when we let our male athletes slide by where they're studying good enough to be eligible to get to college, a lot of our young ladies, because they they don't have the bigger lore or they're just getting NIL, but they don't have the bigger lore million dollar contracts if you make it to the NBA. So they will put all of their effort into athletics and none into academics. Jim, that's a whole nother show. Marlo, that's a whole nother show. We wanted to open up that can of worms tonight. Academic progress reports is March Madness lead to May sadness and the real game of life when you pull back the cover. Jim, I'll let you talk. Marlo, I'll let you get the last and then we'll get out of here. I will say this, Cliff. I know at the high school that I work at, the football coach is very visible during football season and he is invisible during the off season. And I think that has a lot to do with it. When you have coaches that are just visible when, especially football, because football is only one semester. Basketball, which I work with, you have to deal with second semester so you can play. But a lot of coaches get visible, invisible, I'm sorry, during second semester. And it's, it, that's got to stop. Yeah. All right, Marla, before you go, uh, Hall of Famer Renee Spencer says, coaches must put more emphasis on education. Amen. Dr. Kemp. Yeah. Final comment. Yes. Well, we just want to, you know, just say um, just to all the young student athletes that are out there and the other students that are out there doing their best, you know, congratulations to them, especially those that have, have, you know, surpassed that the benchmark and have graduated throughout this month of May. Um, but to those, you know, who have not, you know, just, just keep pushing. And as a community, you know, it always takes a village. So we definitely have to continue to do our best to, you know, keep them motivated and, and help them remember, um, as you always say, Dr. Burt, it's only a certain number of, of spots in the NBA, NFL, or whatever team that you're trying to reach. And, um, and with all this money out here now with the NIL, we know that they're definitely battling, you know, they have more to battle with. But um, in the long run, we have to remember that we have to be twice as good and know twice as much and be twice as good as our counterparts. So just remember that. All righty. Not enough time on this subject tonight. Time gets oh. away. Listen, we're going to be talking full shows like this. Invite our audience, please invite others to the show for the next two weeks or three weeks. We won't have a guest on again until June 5th, none other 
the legendary coach Dave Robbins, Virginia Union, CIAA, Coach Ben Wallace, and Coach Charles Oakley. Now, if you want some more sports, 48 hours from now, Mark Jones and Friends, 9, 10 a.m., WFDF. It's on iHeart Station. It's the Superstation. You have Mark, Reggie, Jim, Jack, Luther, and Carl, and I stop in there every now and then. Until then, we're going to see you back next week for more Cliff, Burt, and Friends featuring the very best in women's sports and HBCU athletics. We will see you back exactly 168 hours from now. Thank you, everybody. All right.